dude, Cap, did you look at Saturn and Jupiter? They were touching. Can you believe it? They were touching. They touched the planets in the sky. I... I didn't even I, I I saw like one meme about this. Was this a thing? It was today. It was like the the, the 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 Oh, everything like froze for me. I I guess my, my computer wasn't having any of my bullshit. They uh yeah. I I, I, I like I had like seven people text me be like, "Hey, did you did you see the fucking planets?" And I'm like, "No." Oh, fuck, I missed it. I must have no. weird friends that are messaging me about this and no one no one's bothering you about looking Could outside. Be. I mean, I I mean do all of those friends have telescopes? <laughs> no, you could have saw it with your eyeballs. Uh, not in L.A. Not with that like, kind of light pollution. Nah, probably wrong? probably not. I'm a little closer to the coast. There's a little bit less by me. But, I mean, you probably... There's mountains by you. What a time for a night hike. I'm sure you weren't doing anything right. Happy Monday. I I don't know, man. I took a, I took an astronomy class. In um, in college, not not for me. Can you, if you look up from that class, will you be like, ah, oh, yeah, that's that's Orion. I see you right there. No. Oh. It's uh. It that was a hard class, actually. <laughs> I remember our teacher was like, he was like one of those really really old ass teachers. Who was probably like really smart and stuff, but like he couldn't be a teacher. He he shouldn't have been a teacher. And I remember his class was like way too difficult for like a one oh one class. Uh I remember I, I, I remember I went on I was like I needed the extra credit. And so he said he would give extra credit to anybody who came and like one of those days, you know, there's gonna be this thing happening. Uh come come to the the college at 10 p.m. and um, I looked through a telescope for like 20 points of extra credit <laughs> to look at a planet or some shit. You know, I was like, oh, cool. I could see Venus. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Uh, I don't, don't care. I mean, like the, the thing about that, uh, that I again, I'm not one for traveling. Uh, anything that I can see most of the time, I can see on Google Images um, and it's probably a better picture or a better view. Same thing when it comes. It's it, in fact, it's ten times that amount, right? Because whatever shitty telescope I can, I can get. There's going to be like amazing images that people will be able to get because they've got a literal building that is a telescope, you know, <laughs> instead of my dinky shit. So like, why, why would I just not look instead at of my other eyeballs pictures instead of with my eye? You know, it just. Or I don't. I don't personally don't. I don't get it. I don't care about astronomy at all. And generally, I think um, horoscope people are... I, I look at them with a little bit of side eye. I'm like, hmm. Isn't that okay. astrology? Yeah, same shit. It's all whatever, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, it's, 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 it doesn't, I don't even need to take up the brain space to remember which <laughs> word is which. I'm smart, I promise. Um, but but I do know a solid handful of constellations, uh, which which makes me feel like relatively smart because i can walk around and be like hey look look at orion's belt and people will be like what i go on a lot of night walks just in like residential areas okay. so okay i feel like i can yeah. orient myself in the sky like uh mm. i i have no practical need for this you i can, i can, can i can point out like three constellations and be like yep that's yep there you go 
But that's, you know, that's, that's all I can do. I also didn't go outside and look at the planets because I, I, I went out at the wrong time. You had to do it kind of early in the night, so you can't you can't see them anymore. It's, mm. it's below the horizon. But that's I okay. See. I see. That's it. I've been we dealing with... Out. The once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. That's the other thing. I feel like when it comes to these these events, they, it's it, once-in-a-lifetime. Once-in-a-lifetime comet. Once-in-a-lifetime planet alignment. Once Like, unless it's doing some, like, Tomb Raider shit and, like, the cave that opens up to the secret of immortality is going to unlock because the planets are all aligned. Like, I don't give a shit. You know, all of these are once in a lifetime events. It, it, it doesn't mean anything. If like every 10 days, there's a once in a lifetime event happening, you know, it's like the ESPN <laughs> effect, right? Like, or even, you know, I, I have a real pet peeve with, um, th- this comes from sports casting, but I'll extrapolate it to our NIST niche, niche, of uh, mm-hmm. uh, Frederick Nietzsche of uh, of you know esports casting, when we go, oh my God, this is the first time that Astraeus in the history of ever uh, went on a, a T side save with only three CZs, and then they proceeded to um. I'm not even making a, a, a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, they use stats to basically find the most like every single stat they put up is like this is the first or top three or top ten of this obscure stat because because they're specifically looking for stats that are like top three or something because you know it, it, people like top people like top ten lists you know. This is the first time that Mickey playing gyrocopter ever used three homing missiles in the span of 14 seconds with two agonim scepters. Like, like I, I don't care. There's there's too many confounding variables. Yeah, th- this is the highest net worth uh, Snapfire's had at 20 minutes. Well, yeah, no shit. Mickey's playing Snapfire. Nobody else plays safe lane Snapfire. Like, of course he's going to have the highest net worth. Nobody else does this. <laughs> just sitting here just like shitting on knoxville's job he's like what else do you want me to do nah nah he got he's he got stopped hiring by uh tournaments a long time ago now now that shit's automated by sap or whatever sap (laughs) one of my favorite sponsors of team liquid uh which i enjoy from my honda while drinking monster energy and eating my daily lunchtime Mm -hmm. jersey mics Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Note this podcast is being recorded on an Alienware PC, and also we're not sponsored. Man, um, I'm like a little shot out of a cannon. You're yawning, yeah. but I had a monster at too late, so I'm worried about the oh. rest of my night, uh, if I'm being honest. <laughs> you, you did tell me earlier you were like, I'm pretty tired. At 5.30 p.m., you told me you were tired, so you must have taken that monster after that at some point. Well, I, I decided... Um, have you ever taken a caffeine nap? Uh, where you drink a little bit of caffeine and then take a 20-minute 20, 20 to an hour-long nap? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in the nap has to be like 15 minutes of sleeping, 15 to 20 minutes of sleeping. So generally, <laughs> I set my alarm for 25 minutes because that gives me about 10 minutes to fall asleep. But, like, uh-huh. basically, yeah, you got the concept, right? So, you know, like, you know, take take a shot of espresso, take a little bit of coffee, have, like, you know, some of your Monster Red Bull. And, we, and you have to be tired enough to immediately take a nap to where you, the, your body isn't going to be caffeinated by whatever you're injecting into it, right? I tried to do one of those today. I'm like, dude, I'm going to do some life hacks. I'm going to do some body modding. Um, and uh, I failed miserably. <laughs> and all I did was was lay in bed in the dark staring at my pillow being like fuck 
the caffeine's going to kick in. And I guess I was awake, so it didn't really matter. But but I really tried for a caffeine nap today and, and, and didn't properly convert on one. I uh, I did see something about that. There was um, a study, like all people on the internet with these studies. I literally just read the headline. <laughs> a true Redditor. Uh, Yes, but uh, but apparently it is supposed to be uh, it is supposed to be helpful. Like even if you are not actually you don't actually fall asleep, um, being in a dark room and closing your eyes and just like resting there is actually still is is supposed to give you some some form of recovery. So that's, at least you tried. You tried. I definitely catch myself. A you lot. got a consolation prize. You know, <laughs> you got that ten percent. I definitely find myself. Uh wanting to enjoy the idea of of a nap as, as like a body hack or it, I, mm. I, I can't believe that i'm trying to explain is life hacks like cyberpunk nap um you keep well, on talking about body mods yeah i'm dude i dude i got so much fucking chrome in me i gotta delta the fuck out and go play some fucking cyberpunk um no i i uh i i, I find that oftentimes i don't really convert on the nap but like i almost to get there like i feel like i can get myself into like that twilighty sleep where i would never describe myself as sleeping but like right in in the middle zone and um i really like that feeling i I like that feeling of twilight sleep but like a lot i think the uh the coolest uh sleep hack is the um you ever do the uh, sleep for four hours and then wake up in the middle of the night for like an hour and then go back to sleep again no, I know I know someone who did that for an extended period of time. Like they lived their life like that for about a year, year and a half. But but I I I tried doing it for a couple a couple weeks actually. Probably not a couple weeks. I I'd say maybe it was like eight days, so like a week and change. And I and I just couldn't get that. There's like a name, like 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 a buy something sleep schedule or something. Yeah, it's supposed to be how ancient humans typically suck. You know, they gotta go put fucking wood on the fire and shit like that it's uh it's it's also apparently when uh monks like do a lot of writing you know just make up in the middle of the night do a little scribble some some bible verses down ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes go back to bed i have my bible uh, but verses I, ready. I, when that actually does happen to me i actually very much enjoy it it's a nice little like you know there's just an hour of kind of like just chill. It's, uh, I feel like it's a good break. A lot of creative creative juices running during that time. It's good. I think I, I seldom find myself like waking up with that energy. Or if I do, like I've had enough sleep, like like a four-ish hour session. I just want to force myself to finish the sleeping when I wake up. Like I okay. get up and I'm like... I need to. Uh, uh, we'll uh, we'll get to Dota, everybody. I promise. But like, I need to start Cyberpunk released. Have you been playing it? Because I will tell you that I actually got a refund on the game because I didn't actually play it at all. I didn't even start it. I I installed it, but I never actually hit the start button because so many people were just like, "It's kind of meh. It's it's not that good of a game." And so I was just like, "Whatever. I'm just gonna refund it. I'll, I know I'm never gonna play this." I think that's smart if you know you're never going to play it. Uh, I played Cyberpunk for about four hours, I think, by the time I recorded last week. Um, and my my analysis a week ago was, I'm not really having a good time. And my analysis now, after I've played about 
10 to 15 more hours is, well, I'm going to finish the game and there's so many problems with it, uh, but it almost verges on funny and it's definitely not what it was sold to the public as, but there's parts of it that I enjoy. So I'm going to keep on doing the fun parts that I like until I'm done with it. And I'm probably going to get a solid, if I had to guess like 25 hours out of the game, which will probably be worth my time. And then I'll have that cultural touchstone moment and then never have to think about it again. I think uh-huh. refunding it is smart. Is Ellie trying really hard to like not bum the frame right now? Because she's allowed to just walk behind you. Like no yeah, one's going to def- see. She could definitely walk through the frame, but I'm pretty sure she doesn't want to be on camera. And I'm not sure why she needs to go outside at 11 PM, but she decided she wants to. So that's, you know what? That, that's totally cool. Anyone can, anyone can tune to the YouTube version to see what the fuck we're talking about, because that was funny. Um, I, d- did you, do, do you like playing fallout games? Never played fallout. Ellie loves playing fallout. Uh, she really loves fallout and, uh, or no, she really likes far cry. Sorry. Far cry. I haven't played either one. Those, of those are games. different. Yes. Those are very different. Um, I actually know a decent amount of fall. I, for whatever reason, I actually went through, I was like one of those like YouTube videos. I was like, I'm not going to play the fallout games, but I am interested in the lore. I think the whole vault system is kind of cool. And so I got sucked into one of those YouTube videos about like all the different vaults. Three hours later, you're like, <laughs> oh, wow, Vault 47 is my favorite. Um, yeah, so I, I know what you said about about uh, uh, Fallout, but no, I've never played Fallout or uh, Far Cry. I think I think I would I think I would give Cyberpunk the nod to anyone who probably like has some fond memories of like Fallout 3, 4 or New Vegas and are generally into like that type of RPG. I think that fall that that cyberpunk just basically was oversold and a game that was like clearly in a weird development system because, you know, for the amount of time that it took to get that game out, I actually don't think it's that deep or that interesting. And there is like a myriad of problems with it. So I I would love my most interesting thing about cyberpunk is I can't wait to hear like 10 years from now, the postmortem about what happened during development, because I'm, I'm convinced that there was like some kind of a weird, you know, drawn out potentially political system that happened that, that kind of scuffed everything up. Uh, Too much focus on being able to change the size of your penis or boobs and not enough (laughs) I'm disappointed that the penis wasn't a slider, to be honest. Like it's it, like wow. it's pretty binary. It's like one or two. I do think my favorites. I did see a very funny clip from some streamer being like, "Wait a minute, that's small." <laughs> yeah. Um. Exactly. Uh. It, it, it's Apparently, animation. they're all showers in Cyberpunk 2077. They're, they are all showers. The, the 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 small one I would classify as a solid medium. Um. Mm. You know, but maybe I'm I'm biased. Um. <laughs> yeah, it, it should have been a slider. I do think my favorite thing to come out of sli- Cyberpunk is um the fact that we can just now uh refer to uncircumcised dicks as type two. I think that is. I think that's just funny, <laughs> because like it, it, it's really uncrass to be like, "Oh, are you circumcised?" But if you ask someone type one or type two, that that's just objectively funnier. So, I think that's actually my favorite thing to come out of cyberpunk. Um, okay, by by a lot, actually. Um, yes, c- cyberpunk. Uh, 
it, it, I mean, I'm not going to sell anyone on it, nor do I think I should, but I feel like people who are on the fence, it's probably only for someone who is interested in a game that is Fallout-esque is probably the best parallel to draw to it. And if you're not that person, or if you know you don't like that type of game, then don't you don't have to waste $60. Gotcha. Well, I um, we're, we're going to get to the patch. But I did do, uh, so I did my, my recording thing. Dude, it happened. It's real? Yes. Yes. That, How did, that really happens. Please. I got paid $200 for that. I, get, I haven't cashed the check yet, so we'll see. Maybe that'll bounce. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was supposed to be, uh, I was originally told it was just supposed to be me and the sound guy. I get there. there I actually had a, uh, um, an actual director. Her name was Asher. She was great. Um, and then, uh, they also had a line to the studios in China. So it was actually a little bit more in depth than I, than I expected. Also, uh, I naturally went in there assuming that they wanted the, uh, the anime voice cause they gave me no real feedback. Uh, you know, I just gave them two takes and no, they wanted the, the higher pitch Lucio take. So I was not very prepared and it was, uh, it was fast paced. <laughs> so I was very much just like, all right, go, go, go. And uh, I don't know. I think it went well. It's a little hard to tell. I mean, I know I take as a voice actor, I know I take direction very well. So it's good that I have somebody in there. Um, it's it's my own creativity that usually suffers the most as a voice actor but if somebody tells me what to do i'm very good at doing that and that is my that that goes down to my characteristics as a person as well very good working under somebody and and when they tell me what to do but if i have to operate on my own i'm in trouble I like I, I, in my in my head can you're just making a sales pitch for yourself right now you're like i'm i'm very easy to be directed i i'm a great talent I like that there was a line all the way back to China, and I also like the idea uh, of of them like I, I wish they would have like paid you with like skins and also money like here's a check and also like here's some e coin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, they actually did ask me to like record a video, uh, you know, basically a video like, "Hey, I'm Austin Walshine, and I voice this guy," you know, like some promotional video, and I was like, "All right," I like. This is the weird point where my careers kind of intersect because I actually have social media power, you know, that's worth a significant amount of money. But like at the same time, I'm a nobody as a voice actor. So it's this very weird crossover where I'm like, okay, about that. Um, here's who I am. Here's my social media numbers. Like you have to pay me for something like that. You <laughs> Like I'm, that's not something I'm going to do for free. Uh, so the, I don't think they are interested in that now. I th think they just wanted something for free. And... Yeah. They wanted you to advertise to your friends and maybe your aunt Lucy. They weren't like, Hey, can you blast this out to a couple hundred thousand people? No, I, like... I think it was more so for them to put on their social media. So, you know, like they, they, they thought it would help people like, again, buy skins to, you know, have some sort of connection with uh, I don't fucking know. I mean, it doesn't make sense from my perspective at all. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I was just like ah, uh, awkward. That. I will take any amount of money for the role that you're you're trying to get me as a voice actor. 
But when it comes to promoting, all of a sudden becomes a lot more expensive. It's a very awkward point to be in. <laughs> that yeah, that 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 actually is interesting when the idea of you tweeting the the work literally in a fair market costs more than the work does. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like literally like I, I i fucking i uh that was like an hour's worth of work of which i put like a lot of time and effort training to build up into but like that hour's worth of work versus the literal 10 seconds it takes to put out a tweet but the tweet is worth like 10 times more <laughs> it's wild uh you know you know talent industries what are you gonna do? Fucking Hollywood. Uh, this is fucking Hollywood guy over here. I don't know why I'm I, again my, my careers are like weirdly intercepting in a different way because um today I or yesterday uh I put together a bunch of the like tier two and tier three actors um and said that like I basically said like hey um I've talked to some people and it doesn't really seem you guys like really talk about rates a whole lot. And I'm just going to tell you, like, here's what we've done is tier one talent. Like, here, here's what their pre-established ha- talent have done. We found that over time, like, we've become friends with each other. We found that working together and talking about rates together is actually very healthy for the scene. It helps all of us. Here's all the things we've done. Here's how rates work. Like, here, like, because the DPC is an opportunity, I think. And there's going to a lot of people who are going to get their first, like, real gig. So they don't know about how to negotiate for raids. They don't know how mm-hmm. to, they don't know about like travel days, rehearsal days. Like you should be asking for money for that. If you're in a foreign country for an extended period of time, even if you're not working, you probably should have some sort of financial compensation. You know, it, like they, they can't like, At you're, least a per you're there. You can't, yeah, you know? you're there. You can't do anything else. Like if you're only working three days a week or something and it's like, well, you don't work the other four days, so we don't need to pay you. It's like, okay, but you can't do anything else. I mean, yeah, you could stream and stuff like that, but like, it's not like you can have another job during that period of time. You are committed to working that place, even if you're not working every single day. So you should probably negotiate some sort of financial compensation for that, you know, like, and, and all those sorts of things. And and it was And it was one of those things where I was like, I was just trying to like in general encourage them to like work together and talk together about rates and like going like I totally understand the fear uh, not even fear but like this wariness of talking to your direct competition about things like rates and events and things like that and being willing to take like realistically being willing to take any gig any opportunity like working something like one of these dpc events if i'm in their position the monetary value is almost secondary to the opportunity you know Mm -hmm. they could pay me a thousand dollars for um five weeks of work but that five weeks of work could transition into a whole lot more down the line you know and so I totally understand that because like I am in a position where I can push the ceiling of rates and I can I can try I can say no to events. I could be like, "Nope. I want more. I want more." Can you give you me know? another take of that real quick and twist your mustache a little bit? 
Yes, more money, more. <laughs> like I'm in position to do that in my current career, but like I'm also going through the voice acting side of thing and restarting and being the bottom of a totem pole again and totally understanding what it's like to to you know I'm I'm having um I I'm remembering again what that was like of just being like oh an opportunity like this is more important than the money I'm gonna get out of it. You know, and so negotiating on rates is just like you don't even think about that. Yeah, why? <laughs> Somebody gives you an opportunity, you take it, no questions asked. So, I, I like the idea of you holding like a like a class for people in front of like a whiteboard and having like a projector, like you're a, like you're a cool teacher you walking in like with a blazer and bun. You're like, okay, everybody, today we're gonna talk about rates. Right. I mean, I, I I wrote down like I wrote a two page document, um, about. A lot of things. I, I I blatantly said what tier one rates are. Said here's the the range of rates for events. Here's the rates for online casting. I told them about travel rate days and all that sort of thing. I wrote a two page document about this, and very much encouraged them. Like, hey, you guys should talk to each other about online rates and like what you think the floor should be. If you guys work together on this you can actually raise rates for yourselves. And there's just been, like, no talk whatsoever. <laughs> like, I have all of these casters in this Discord, and, like, nobody said anything hardly at all. Uh, so like, I'm who's going to break like, the ice? Yeah, so cool teacher, I'm not sure. Is, uh, I feel like I haven't really gotten through to anybody, so. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I feel like you're empathizing with just teachers. I, I, I'm just imagining also, like, uh, like union president capitalist. Like, <laughs> Where you, where you yeah, that, that, there was that joke. Lyrical made that joke immediately. <laughs> he hopped in the Discord. He uh, he made the um, the Chinese uh, like the classic Chinese communist, I believe, of Mao. Uh, it, it, you know, standing in front of the red communist flag and just <laughs> copy pasted my face over it. <laughs> Capitalist one week after he becomes Capcast. <laughs> it was pretty good, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. No, nobody's really seemed to uh, to be taking the the lead or saying anything about this. And whatever, I tried. I thought it would be a good idea. Um, it does. It doesn't really affect me a whole lot. So they don't want to take the opportunity. Can't can't do it for them. So I th I think you're planting good seeds. They they will eventually sow. Yeah, we'll see. Or not, but. Or not. <laughs> um. I'm I'm keep on getting morbidly interested as SDPC stuff comes forward, but I guess that you know we get the luxury of not having to think or talk about that for a moment because all people can think or talk about doing is the patch that finally happened. And I should yeah. Know, do, uh, I should put like a timestamp. We made it. We made it. We made people suffer through 25 minutes before we're gonna find out your hot burning takes on on Aghanim shards. Now I want to start this off with a little bit of context. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how uh, much Dota you've played over the last over the last five days. Probably probably a decent amount. I think I feel like I've seen, I've seen you streaming for a minute. You know, I, I, okay. I, I think I think you've played a, a, a little bit. Uh, I'm coming to the table with exactly mm -hmm. a single uh -huh. game of knowledge. So just 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 <laughs> I I just want to preface. I just want to preface that I do have a single game of knowledge to share with everyone. And I know that that might be a vast well. You know, every game of Dota in and of itself is a universe, right? 
So I have only played, uh, according to my matchmaking on Dota buff, I have only played 6, 13, 15 games of Dota. That's pretty low for a new patch, honestly. So I fucking NA, man. I just, I, I can't, I, I'm, I'm going to start playing on Europe West. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start playing on Europe West. Are I, you hashtag too good? I'll, I'll in, I think I'll enjoy Dota a lot more. I'm just getting a lot of a lot of game ruining behavior lately. Is, have you like finally reached the precipice where you're like too high? Where where, where um, like, like you get to a certain cusp and there's just more game ruining behavior between like the the one percent? No, I think I've just been kind of unlucky. But I also think like. Um, as I've gotten older, I my my um, acceptance of this behavior is the threshold has gotten lower and lower and lower. I I can't I can't put up with it. I can't put up with game ruining behavior. And and what happens is I am just more likely to be like, okay, I'm done with playing Dota for the day. Whereas before, I just grind through it. Just be like, Fuck. Because I because I, I am very good at resetting my like from game to game. I'm good at resetting. I don't like carry my tilt or anything. Uh, but if I get like two, like I play four games, three of them, I, I'm not feeling good about it. I'm just like, I'm just not having fun. I'm done. So, uh, I eh. find my, 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 uh, my life pro tip for people who have problems carrying tilt between game to game and breaking that cycle is, uh, I, this actually, I, I used to have this problem with, with counter-strike match making way more than Dota when I was younger. I used to mm-hmm. like go on like five minute walks around the block after games and it completely changed my outlook on on, on tilting. Mm. Yeah, and actually That's like taking good. and taking like literally something as small as five minutes to 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 move your body and not instantly get into those impulses to click the find match button. Yeah. Change change the way I play games. Could yeah. not recommend more for people struggling who can't just you know be a robot like Cap and turn it on and off. Yeah, I uh, I mean, despite like I, I'm looking through my matches and I've just been like, it's amazing my lifetime matches and like how filled the calendar is. And if you look at the last like two months, uh, even the last like six months, I have actually not played that much Dota. Um, but I'm actually the highest MMR I've been in a while. So I'm still I'm I, I'm still learning and being becoming better as a player. I'm just doing it a lot more efficiently. Uh, quality, and, and just not grinding a, a lot not less. Quantity. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I, probably what it is is that I actually don't need those extra games to get better. Um, and I've heard this from from multiple people. I've heard this from like uh, I think it was like CCNC or something like that. He's, somebody said like realistically, you only need like four or five games a day to to actually get better. Um, all, all those other games, you're gonna stop absorbing and learning your stuff. So, that, that, I think that's that's fairly true. I think there's a threshold uh, of how many games you could play, and actually, the per, what you're pulling from those games. You know, like those first three games. You know what you learn and stuff. You're getting 80, 90 percent out of the game. By like game eight, you're getting like five percent. You know, <laughs> you're fucking burnt out. Your brain's no longer like absorbing information as well. Did you maybe you use... learn some like weird? You learn about some stupid mechanic, but like uh, it's not it's not learning Dota in a good way. Did you ever use any any tactics when you were like seriously learning or climbing, like like writing down or just game reviews or bravado replays? Like, how did you really? Way way back in the day in Dota one, I did. Um... 
I would write down notes on drafting. Um, and uh, and and watching games. I think um, watching the best teams from their perspective is one of the best ways to learn. Are you pulling to... out some notes? Are you pulling out some? I'm trying. I'm trying to see. Like I, I have, notes? I have some Dota notebooks here, and I wonder if I can grab something funny out of one of them. Yeah, I remember way back in the day writing down like drafting ideas and like what counters what you know like it, okay they pick this kind of hero like here are my options for countering stuff like that because way way back in the day dota one uh han it, it was like it was I, again it was like playing competitively it wasn't i wasn't really playing to try and be a pro because there wasn't really a pro scene you know there was like one a na team i was merlini's team um there wasn't, there wasn't like, from my perspective at the time, there wasn't really much of a scene to watch. It was mostly just watching Chinese games. I also, th I think that I just know enough about my academic background to think that I learn the best when I take notes, even if I'm not mm. like studying notes, just like the process of putting pen to paper. And for me, it's literal physical pen to paper. I have a lot of notebooks and like post-it notes as opposed to digital pen to paper. It's like different in my brain. I think I'm like very, a very tactile learner. Um, mm. so, the, so the pen helps with that, right? Um, but when, when I was getting uh, to, to 5K, and especially like I think after three and a half, I think that I wasn't really learning anything if I wasn't writing my games down. So I, 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 can, I can look back and read fun things like on, on May 24th, I went uh, I went one and zero that day. <laughs> I was forty seven hundred MMR. I played a Spirit Breaker game, and I told myself I created good pressure, but didn't do all I could at the time. Too much downtime. Still won though because of good team communication. Is this Very helpful? Good. No. Have I ever read this again until right now? No. But but I, but I think that at the time I found it valuable. Man, you write notes on everything, don't you? Write notes on 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 the series that you've watched. Yeah. Oh but, man. You keep a journal as well, man. You write a lot. I dude. I I really do. Um. Like I I can tell you that uh, th this season of Rick and Morty, I rated a four point two five. Um. Where yeah, Ar I haven't seen it. Yeah. Where, where Archer only got a three point five this season. Um, Ooh. And uh, if we're talking about uh movies, I I gave uh, I gave Booksmart a three. I gave Booksmart a three. But I'm actually. I don't even know what I, movie that is. I'm over I'm over 52 games played this year in in quarantine. Wow. I haven't wow. rolled credits on all of them. I'm up to 54 games total, but I think I've rolled credits on 41 of them. So yeah, I I have like a full I hope no one screenshots that. Now someone's going to because I pointed it out. I I have like a full list of of every game that I've played this year. And I'm really trying to one of my goals before the end of the year is to convert it to like a letterbox uh type site that does games instead of movies um, that's a good idea because I, I yeah like i mean i i, I all these notebooks will burn eventually and there's no need yeah. to keep them and i think that not to be too conceited but i think that i actually have played enough games to have pretty solid opinions on them um and maybe having that at a place that's shareable might be better than not so what is your one game uh, opinion of the new patch. What is the note that you wrote down in the booklet? For I okay. This new patch? 
I I only wrote down Dota game reviews when I was trying to grind solo ladder to to like see how high I can get. Um, like like climbing out of five, and uh, I haven't done that in years. I, I don't think that I've actually played a ranked game of Dota in probably three years now, and mm-hmm. I think I'm more mentally sound because of it, because I'm choosing to focus on other things that are objectively more important in my life. Um, That's good. And playing good. Dota for fun. There's still part of me that wishes I was a fucking degenerate and could actually see. Like, could I get to six? Um, yeah. The answer is probably not, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't think I could get much farther past 7K. And then they changed the matchmaking system, which uh, now you get plus 30 MMR for a win. So I'm pretty sure MMR is inflated compared to what it used to be. And therefore, I am very easily going above 7K. Yeah, right. So I, I guess I'm also judging these by old numbers, right? Where I guess, you know... Yeah. F- when when I think of 4K, I still think of 4K as like relatively impressive to the general population. Which yeah, I don't 4.5K think the... was the highest you could uh, calibrate at some point in time when the first calibration system first came around, right? Yeah, people were like, like Arteezy was like 7K, right? And if you were 4K, it's like, oh, like that's like definitely above average. Um, yeah. Uh, my my game that I played, which I didn't take notes on, sorry, that was that was a weird tangent. Um, is I just wanted to uh play a game with the CK Ag Shard. <laughs> okay, that one is the Create Illusions on Reality Rift, or or is uh, it no, it, it, it's on Chaos Bolt. So Chaos Bolt okay. spawns an illusion that attacks the target of Chaos Bolt for the duration of the stun scalable to. Uh, okay, it. I need to ask you something about Dota, Joey. How did it feel? I, I do not know. I have not seen this, so I don't know if it if it feels good or not. Um, it feels good. It feels okay. good. It actually because what it allows you to do is actually separate fights a little bit. Because at a certain point in a game, from what I can sense, which has so many confounding variables like like my skill bracket and all this stuff, you can. Not kill a support with a stun, right? But take someone out of the fight or really make someone low, especially if they're not full health. So if I'm getting into a fight, instead of using a, a, a Chaos Bolt as like an initiation tool on someone that, that I, that I want to focus down, I can now instead throw a stun over to a 4 or a 5 and pretty much take them out of an entire team fight engagement. Because not only are they getting that 4 second-ish stun, they're, they're losing most of their health. Mm. Um... It's weird that it doesn't interact with Armlet the way that other illusions created does. Um, so, like, toggling for it doesn't really matter, uh, which I was trying to do and I was confused about. And the biggest problem about it, I think, is that I don't know where to put it inside of a build. Because if you're getting it before a big stat item, um, your illusions aren't really doing enough damage to be a deterrent to someone. Like, yeah, sure, you'll have an extra illusion if you bolt and then rift in and you're just objectively doing more damage. But are you doing more damage than if you were to have, you know, put that money towards anything else that would beef up your illusions anyways? So I think it's like going after Armlet Echo. uh, Like, probably Armlet Echo and then a third mid-tier item, if if that's the play. Or you're already balling out of control, you have a fast heart and then you're just getting one for the memes. I, I don't know if, if it's a serious part of a build or if it's mm. just like fun extra. 
my, I, I think it's going to be that if you're getting one, you're probably going to want to get it after your item. That's, that's like a heart or heart adjacent. You've probably already won. I think that is the thing that most people are figuring out right now is I think many of these shards, many, many, many of these shards, uh, I would say upwards of like 80% of them are all viable. The question is, when are they viable? The question is like, at what point in time, how many core items do I need before this sidestep becomes a thing? So like, um, I think for example, um, Clockwork. I think Clockwork's shard is um, maybe slightly above average in its viability of most of the shards. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's good, but I think it, utility-wise, it's okay. Gives you flying vision, gets you over your cogs. It's an interesting escape mechanism. You know, it's like it's like a kind of one of those like catch-all. It kind of fits everyone. So, uh, but it cost me fourteen hundred gold. Four staff is infinitely more useful because I can use it on allies. I can use it on enemies. So, am I willing to? to get this and delay my four staff probably not is it nice to have after the four staff yeah so that way i can use my four staff for something else potentially um but it, it's it's just like um the way to think about these shards is like so many people look at it like oh that's really good oh that's broken uh but they have to remember that you're taking 1400 gold away from a core build mm -hmm. you know like i can talk about like how i think that bristle shard is like kind of a cool idea um but that 1400 gold if that's just straight up a vitality booster that is potentially the difference between winning a fight and losing a fight because my effective hp on bristleback goes up so much off of just the slightest change in hp so even just a vitality booster makes a big difference you know so it's um it, you know the the i think terribly Terrorblade Shard is a great example of one that I think is almost kind of broken. But you don't build it until, like, much, much, much later in the game. But it's essentially a free late-game upgrade. Mm -hmm. You know, because it doesn't take an item slot. But it's a free uh, late-game upgrade where you can take 25% of your HP, potentially giving you a good Sunder opportunity in exchange for getting 50 attack speed. 150% of that, I think. So 75 attack speed in melee form, making your melee form even better. It also increases your movement speed. It's like, I mean, it's just straight up like a better scaling, like it just gives better scaling opportunities for TB, but it's 1,400 gold, and there's a lot of other items. Like, um, that's that's almost an ultimate orb where, you know, that you need to, to build into your Scotty. That's very important, you know? So I, I think a lot of these shards, um, somebody said in my chat the other day, before the patch came out, he said, um, they said, the Gorb said, that a Valve employee said that this is going to be the biggest patch that Dota had. I have no idea if any of that is actually true, but for whatever reason, it stuck in my head. Um, because of what it did, it got me thinking about what are the biggest patches in Dota and thinking about whether or not this new patch was going to be really big. And once it did come out, despite the fact that I think maybe looking at it individually, 
and seeing that everyone got an upgrade, everyone got a new ability or a new upgrade to an ability, every single hero got one. I actually think this patch doesn't change that much. And the fact that there were no map changes, not really a whole lot of economy changes. There was um there was some neutral uh mm -hmm. neutral creep nerfs. Um they they don't their bounty doesn't scale as much late game. You get a little less gold, 10% less gold for stacking. Uh, but like very mind there was straight up like, team liquid nerf it's bm <laughs> but there's like there's like no uh a change on the bounty or experience of killing heroes or the shared experience i believe or anything like that no map changes in that regard uh so i actually think that this patch isn't like as massive as it looks initially because many of these shard upgrades are incredibly situational they're like they're an another option path in this tree you know of like developing like what my item build is going to look like it's just another small branch it, you know there i think there are very few of these shards that that are it's like oh this is core you know i think like slardar i think slardar shard that could be a core pickup because it's incredible uh um what, what's the word of uh, like um it's a it's a quality of life upgrade that's what it is so now you can blink daggers. What it does is it applies your um, corrosive haze on people that you um, crush. So now as Slardar, I can blink in and immediately crush, which applies corrosive haze on them, and then I can immediately start hitting. Does crush them. apply on first hit? <laughs> what? Is it like a desolator? Does 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 the crush apply on the first hit? I don't know. I, I have no idea if the minus arm, because it is physical damage from crush. So I have no idea if the, that it actually works that way. But it does mean that you just don't have to worry about applying a corrosive haze after your crush in order to get the extra bash damage in. And I think that that is actually very big for Slardar. Um, who else? Who are some other like really big shard upgrades? Um... Man, I had like a list that I kind of was writing down. I was thinking about toying with making a tier list of shard upgrades potentially. Um, I think I'm... Juggernauts was pretty good, actually. Juggernauts was a little bit too strong. Um, Liches is pretty garbage. I tried that one. That one felt terrible. Um, Bloodseekers. Bloodseekers is actually pretty game-changing for him. Because it actually, uh, people are playing him as a carry now as a result of his shard because he's able to do percentage-based damage thanks to the shard. So that one's pretty core. Uh, but I think for like 80% uh, of the heroes out there, it's actually just an optional like second or third item. Less so, it, it's not like the, the first item that you rush so much. Uh, I, I think people are doing it right now because it's new and fun and it's it's fun to play with new abilities and try them out and see if they're good. But I think for a vast majority of them, uh, they're, they're not actually um, that incredible. I could be wrong. I'm, that might be a bad take, but for now, that's what I feel. I mean, I think that what I should be doing here is in some way, shape or form, like disagreeing with you and being like, ah, oh, no cap, you got this all wrong. <laughs> and I can't do that because I'm just simply less knowledgeable um, first off, but second, I like, mm, I really kind of agree with the thought process that the, it, it feels really disproportionate. The amount of scrolling you have to do on the patch page versus how different I think 
games look or feel on paper. Yeah, all these same heroes are still good, I feel like. For for the most part, I think like most of the heroes that were meta, I feel like most of the five positions that I've been playing are like all kind of the same. I feel like psychopath tanky five positions that win their lane and maybe provide some sort of uh team fight capability, all very good. Uh I, I feel like um Monkey King, Ember Spirit, Puck, like those heroes were already good last patch, and I feel like they continue to be good this patch. Maybe like some of the biggest offenders, Sven and, and Spectre, got nerfed enough that they're not going to be like the most meta carries now anymore. Some but something else will just take their place, right? Like they're they're, yeah. they're 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 just one positions like that. I would argue one positions rotate more than other things, anyways. Like, you know, oh, we've had too much Jug. Time to get rid of that for a little bit. Oh, we've had too much Gyro. Get rid of that for a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Luna, Sven, you know, what have you. Like, I feel like we're we're basically in a, in a wheel of, of rotating one positions more oftentimes yeah. I mean, than not. I, I think that, that that is most natural that happens with carries because they're... Um, they determine... I think it's just natural for carries to be to be a much smaller pool and what's viable because they're not going to be picked up in the first one too unless they're in a meta where they're just straight up overpowered like last patch where Sven and Spectre you could pick them in the first one too um, but like for the most part I, I feel like carries are more often than not they're going to be your fourth fifth pick uh, and therefore um, what they provide to your team needs to be more specific and therefore less heroes are uh a viable as a pickup so yeah we do kind of just go in this round this circle basically of okay team team fighting faster carries like juggernaut drow like they get picked at some point in time and then like harder carries start becoming more meta you know maybe pushing carries becoming a thing maybe tb's a little bit more up there but then we go more late game and sven specter pa they become a little bit more viable but then like we get back and and everything all of a sudden things are getting too slow and then we go okay but we just run at them right away with gyrocopter you know and <laughs> just and like someone's it, like whoa wait just... a second can we play naga now right like so it's just yeah and... it, it, what it is is people just like out greed each other people want to be able to slowly outgreed each other we have better late game we have better late game by five percent but we have better late game which gives which just feels good you know we don't have to make things happen we're okay with the game state at all times we're not pressured to make moves all we have to do is counter their moves everybody likes being a counter puncher you know everybody likes the idea of of the safety uh of of well, not in, not in an actual fight, but like every, the, the concept of games is like everyone likes to be able to see something coming and being like, okay, all I have to do is counter this, you know? And for whatever reason, mobile games, it, it just seems to be, to be that way where it's like there's not pressure on you. I must make a move now. I must get these. This carry is getting too big. We have to go shut him down. People don't like that position. Uh, so it's it's uh, a lot easier. So people naturally just outgreed each other by 5%. You know, and so we slowly go into more and more late game carries until somebody's like, no, we're stopping the cycle here. It's fucking gyrocopter and Luna all the way. (laughs) We're fucking running at you all the time. Fuck your slow carries, you know, and then people like, oh, shit. I mean, I like when the meta resets because I actually like playing Luna quite a bit. So, you know, maybe I'm getting back to. (laughs) You could try Luna for position. I've been seeing. I've been they seeing. They gave her a shard. They gave her a shard that makes it for a four position shard and Aghanim scepter. Those are straight up for four position Luna. None of that. None of those upgrades were for carry Luna. Yeah. So maybe we'll see. 
I I I I want to play uh more games naturally. I think I will. You know, I'm I'm coming up on like a, a little work vacation, then also uh not wanting to finish cyberpunk anymore once once i knock that out so the next thing on my list is probably to really sit down and try and understand some more shards and have some more opinions on them uh but but like my my very service level analysis is is remarkably similar to yours of i don't know how much it really changes i think that things are going to be highly situational i think that we'll see you know a, a small handful of shards that are meta defining or game breaking and those will be dealt with appropriately and then probably reamed back in i don't think that you know we're ever going to have shards necessarily define which heroes are the heroes in any given point in time they're just always yeah. going to be extras and in my mind you know shards feel more like a five to three position thing yeah if anything the agonims patch even though not every single hero got a new agonim scepter about half of them got some agonim scepter remember that patch mm -hmm. that Actually, I almost felt like that made a bigger splash because, again, it came with, like, hero and economy uh, economy changes and map changes and stuff. But uh, also because naturally, because it was Aghanim Scepter, it became core to your identity. It was, like, an entirely different... Instead of just being a branch, like, farther down the tree, which is what I think a shard is, of farther up you go, like, do these big fucking bows and stuff that you can go down. But, like, it, his... The, the shards are, like, fucking three, four branches down. But like Aghanim Scepter was like the first big branch they could branch off into. It was like, holy shit, this could be my first or second item because it's it's actually core to the identity of the hero. But Shards are intentionally, I think, built to not be that. For the most part, they're not supposed to be like this will change. This will be how you you play around this item. Yeah. It doesn't change like like an ag changes like, Rubik or Invoker or something, right? Like yeah, like anything that's fourteen hundred gold can't possibly be something that like makes you as a hero unless you're a five position. <laughs> My thoughts also is that you know when you're adding in a fourteen hundred gold item that a lot of people are going to want to have, I think that if you start like it almost forces you to keep Dota in an economic state where there is just cheaper consumables and more gold that comes in. Like we've been seeing, right? Like, uh -huh. I, I think if you real back changes where you're having smaller kill bounties or smaller, you know, creep CS gold income or smaller passive income, then suddenly you're not going to be able to buy all these new shiny toys that came into the game, right? So, yeah. I, I don't know how we really, like, it's almost like we're dealing with Dota inflation in the sense where it it feels hard to me to walk back the the minimum gold people are earning at this point especially now that we have another agonims upgrade that people are going to be wanting to buy like if you just like blanket took 10 percent away from everyone's gold without changing item prices then who's gonna buy agonim shards because you still gotta fucking buy boots right yeah you still need glimmer capes and four staffs and all those sorts of things you're core player you need carry items if you're a three position player you need initiation or team fight items it's hard to fit in that like oh but this this gives me triple shields and skeletons spawn all over the map like it's like nobody on your team cares about that you might have fun with it but like nobody do you have a like, force staff and bkb well, motherfucker a, a fucking vlads would let us do roshan right now you know like a fucking medallion would help you know, like they, they care about that. Uh, and Dota is at its core a, a team game, even if people try not to play it that way. It is a team game. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I, I'm not complaining. 
Um, cause I don't think Dota wasn't that bad of a place, um, in the last patch. Yeah. It was boring with Sven and Spectre, but, uh, I don't think Dota was in a bad place with the, the team fight meta that it was in game still went late lanes are, were, were important, but there was comeback possibilities. I, I, you know, I don't think you needed to change the economy or the map, um, so I don't want to. Uh, I was fine with with it not happening. I just think that this this patch wasn't actually that big. It's cool. It's fun. I'm 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 enjoying playing it for sure. I will say, uh, anybody who is a support player like me, uh, you should try Witch Doctor. I think his shard is actually pretty viable, and it's also hilarious. <laughs> so his shard allows him to turn into a Death Ward, Joey. Oh, I didn't. I like. I I haven't wrapped my head around all of them fully. I yeah, know yeah, that I'm. Yeah. I, I, know, I'm I, I know. I don't know half the shard upgrades, and I'm supposed to know this game for a living. So, I'm not expecting you to. You're you're gonna get. <laughs> thank you. Uh, you're gonna get there. You're gonna have to cast eventually again, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah, it'll, it'll happen soon. But it's yeah. hilarious. You just somebody some carry some like beefed up fucking carry. You know, just fucking looks at your five position ass and it's like. Get that guy! You know when he throws his stun and rise it's about to connect, you just go boop. You 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 disappear off of the map. Your hero is technically the status is hidden. You cannot be touched, except for I think by damage over time spells. If you have some sort of dawn on you, I think that continues. But your hero literally gets taken out of the map like it's got imprisonment, and in, in its place is a fucking death ward. <laughs> and so you just dodge projectiles. His carries are just like. Whoa. What happened? <laughs> they're sitting there for like two... They're sitting there. It only lasts two seconds, which is the downside of it. But they're sitting by there by two seconds, getting hit by this death ward, going like, where the hell is that fight position? Does it share and a then you pop with out. death ward? Uh, yeah, it, no, 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 no. It doesn't. Okay. You, you just... You turn into a death ward. It's 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 very funny. Um, but you still you do your full death ward damage. So like if you have ags... And... Uh, it does like half the attack speed or something. So okay. it doesn't shoot as often as the Death Ward, but you do take all the Death Ward upgrades, like the Aghanim Scepter combos with it. Uh, but I, I actually think it's super legit because it's it's a really good save mechanism for Witch Doctor. Uh, it like disjoints stuns and spells and all that sort of thing, and that it gives you a chance to be able to get off your spells when you come back in. So try that one out. Don't try the Lich Ags shard. That one sucks. Um, do try you want if you want to try something fun and wacky, try Midwinter Wyvern. Blitz and I just ran into this one tonight, and Blitz just kept on raving about it. He said it was, he said it has serious problems, but it also has serious potential. Midwinter Wyvern. That's you that's go, some boxy bullshit if I've ever heard it. I know box. This guy, someone's in his ear. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, no doubt, some pro player is going to be trying this. You go to uh, Falcon Blades. Falcon Blades is this this uh, it's intelligence, HP, and maybe damage or or, or something, and it's, so it's very stat efficient for an intelligence right clicking hero, for like Lena and Winter Wyvern in this case, uh, and then you get an Aghanim Scepter, uh, which allows you to always be using Arctic Burn, which that also got buffed. You get your level ten talent at fifty. And what you do is you just you just winter's curse people and right click them down, not unlike what Ice 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 was doing with his three position winter wyvern. I played that, and it was very fun. 
uh, but it's only been getting buffed, basically. So it's more viable than it's ever been because there's a new item that is very stat efficient for you. The Aghanim Scepter, I believe, has been buffed. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure Winter's Curse got buffed in some way. Also, there's the shard that you could get for it as well, though I don't really think it's that core to the build. Uh, but yeah, try try that. It's hilarious. We're we're playing against him. We're just watching this Winter Wyvern just like pop out of the shadows, ult somebody, and then just boom, 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 and these people would just get hundred to zero. <laughs> I want to play. Uh, I you know I. Uh, the, the, there's like a repertoire of heroes that I, that I enjoy the much. I, I know I know that I talk a bit about CK because that's you know a, a close personal one to my heart. But mm-hmm, I also mm-hmm. do really enjoy playing Centaur, uh, to the point where I actually am really protective about the pick because I have such a high win rate on it. I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> one of those. Yeah, it's it's, okay. de- it's definitely one of those, and and that matters to no one except for myself when I look at Dota buff and I go like. Yeah, I do have like an eighty percent win rate with like fifty games. Yeah, I am cool. Uh, it's not actually that high, but it's close to that high. Um, I, I I'm really interested in in the heart of Tarask and like the HP regen amplification change to make tanky heroes more tanky. I don't. Are are people talking about that? I feel like it, I feel like it's not super popular. The fact the fact that the the way that uh, the the HP region amplification is working. Oh, um, no, I don't think people have been talking about that um, as much as the opposite mechanic, which is the HP regen. Um, because there have been more and more abilities that stop HP regeneration. Mm-hmm. So, for example, they just gave Drow Ranger the Agadem shard. People talk about that because typically it's more so um, in a weird way. It's like that mechanic is um, it's a problem. It's not something it's not something that you build into so much as a problem you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So the biggest example I'm going to always list is like Timbersaw and that example. So now that that upgrade to to Drow Ranger is an is a answer to Timbersaw. But like I, I feel like in a weird way, nobody like really thinks about HP regen for themselves as like a bonus. People always just think about it as a problem they have to deal with with somebody else involved. If that makes sense. Here's here here's my crazy my crazy pitch that people aren't going to ever remember unless this becomes completely uh, accurate. In which case, I'll take okay. full credit. Um, okay. I, I think we're going to see a lot of big tanky heroes that have HP regen that, that hurts and is broken and are very hard to kill. Because okay. just messing around in the demo mode uh, with heroes and, and how this stuff is working and how the, how, the, how the HP regen buffs are working, I think that it's just going to be harder to kill heroes. Okay, so what what items were exciting you about HP regen? Well, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about it much until... Th- well, this patch changed heart which is an item that is semi-core to core on a lot of heroes I like to play, right? Like, I'm talking about CK, I'm okay. talking about Centaur. Sure. Like, I, I, I like these big, tanky, in-your-face heroes that are hard to kill and, like, have, have just large HP pools, right? Yeah. And I'm like, wait a second. How are you taking away passive HP region out of combat? That does it. You completely ruin the item. And then uh, I, I, I thought about it, and I talked to some people who talked to me more about it. Um, and And it's like, oh, well... 
how is this now interacting with your HP pool and with the HP region amplification? And the answer is, is that you're like sitting in places and just continually having, you know, 100 HP regen that people can't chunk through ever. I, I totally would agree with you. Except for the fact that I feel like there are, there, I think Icefrog has been putting in a lot of tools to deal with HP regen. So maybe I, I Icefrog think, knows I think, it's a problem. Yes, I think more so that Icefrog is actually in your head. Yes, he's thinking the same line. Where Dota players don't, I, I feel like most pro players and Dota players I know like don't look at HP regen as like a very beneficial stat unless they are specifically playing, like they're specifically playing Timbersaw or maybe centaur with a heart but it's like or you know like timber saw is the one who, who's invoked i'd say it's just Timbersaw. yeah yeah, yeah. It's, so it's like you only think about it as a benefit benefit with that hero um but how many times do you do do people say like we need a spirit fossil this game because they have morphling because they have a troll who's got a satanic or you know like they've got some sort of lifesteal but they've got a timber saw like mm -hmm. there's something that we need to deal with he's too tanky we need to be able to have this item god forbid maybe we even need an ancient apparition that's how badly we need it we need to be able to cut him down a hundred percent of his regeneration to go down because that's the thing it used to be that it was spirit vessel or aa you know, yeah, you now, now there's more. There, there's there's shards and hero abilities and like there, there's more yes. stuff that does it. There's so many things now that that do it. Um, that I think Icefrog is is with you on that. That I think he was looking forward and saying this, this is going to be a problem. He's I think he's been trying to make HP regen work for a while. Remember that the we've had some some stat change patches. There was one one change uh, where like strength heroes were very meta. Mm -hmm. Everybody was a strength hero. And um, I think he's been trying to make HP regen a more valuable stat for a while. But he's also been giving out the tools to deal with that HP regen. And that's probably just one of those things that like 99.99% of Dota players, it just kind of goes unnoticed. That balance, you know, that balance. So I think, uh, I think no, you might be right. I think the people who are playing either like Timbersaw or Centaur... Or, I mean, PL. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of other heroes that, like, you know, Hark generally feels Chaos good on, Knight, right? Bristleback. I, I think. Centaur, I, I think people who and you know, I also like playing Bristleback. Like, they're the, the the weird common thread between my hero pool. I think is that I, I is, is that I like beefy heroes who like to build a heart. Mm. So, mm. I I'm I'm thinking about it from 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 a, from a CK Centaur Bristleback perspective. And I'm like, Are you a pudge player? oh, this is scary. No, I, I've never been a pudge player because I think I've been stigmaed out of it. Yeah. I think that I don't want to be that person for the same reason that I, that I don't yeah. play techies. Techies is fun, though. <laughs> <laughs> so my, 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 pitch is, my pitch is to look out for HP regen. And, and then the heart okay. change, I think, is actually interesting and people aren't talking about it. Um, I think overall... I, I mean, I I get a, a little a little turned around in my stomach when when we see uh, a lot of new items or new items in general. I think that I I hold the opinion 
that Dota is too complicated for its own good, which I don't think is a groundbreaking opinion. And I think that it it yeah. stops the barrier of entry for new people to join the space because yeah. of how convoluted it is. Um, I, I, I think that's, that's like kind of a, a core Dota value that I hold. And every time I just see new mechanics and new items, which in this patch is what it is, it's Ag Shards and new items, right? I'm like... Yeah. Ooh, man, that's really good for you and me and probably anyone who's listening to us right now talking about Dota because they care about Dota a lot. But at the end of the day, it's like, man, this is really hard for me trying to be like, yo, cuz, want to play some Dota with me? Because it's only, every day it's harder to get in. Yeah. Every yeah. day. Um, and I know that that's probably not a battle you're ever going to fix because I think that we're just on the path where you know, Dota caters to Dota people and, you know, we're probably never going to fix that. We're off a cliff. We're, we're past an event horizon. But yeah. every time that it gets more and more down that path, I still wince a little bit. Yeah, I think um, I think it's just, I, I think it's funny. That, I mean, I'm not sure if you saw that that comic. I thought it was a very astute comic which showed up on Reddit. It was it was the the whole, like, you know, Oh, what about the new patch and the new players experience? Nah, fuck new players, you know? <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, I think, I honestly, I would not be surprised if Valve had this conversation sometime after they said, we're going to rework the new player experience. And they somebody just sat down as a group and they were like, looking at the numbers and looking at how many new players come into Dota. And they're just like, is this worth it? Like, are we, is that... We can make that 45, 50 new players a month go up to like 80. Is that, do we really, do we really care about that? Or do we care about just retaining the players that we've, we've had? It's a business decision. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think they made the wrong decision. I think you reverse time and go back six years. You work on the new player experience, but you advertise now, the game, which I think is a popular one to talk about. Well, that, I don't. I'm not sure if you'd have to pry fucking Valve away from Gaben's dead fucking cold fingers in order to get marketing to be a thing. Yeah, I <laughs> Valve is it's it's like they're fucking vampires, except for with fucking garlic and and sun. It's fucking marketing. <laughs> Um, do in terms of new items, and I know what you talked about one for Wyvern. I know you're talking about Ag Shards, you know, extensively. Um, do Super Black Daggers do anything for you? Uh, I thought they were really interesting. I thought the Strength one was definitely the best one. Um, but weirdly enough, it's like it is like the um the shards in a way in that you get a blink dagger the the item path that you're following after that is is not trying to upgrade that blink dagger it's trying to give you more team fight capabilities or more stat efficient items you're not trying to upgrade your blink effect for most heroes that's why i think the strength blink one is actually the best one because very often these there are many heroes that just go back and be like, okay, I've got my big item. Like, now what do I get? Like, uh, 
Well, four staff's never bad. I can get a shadow blade to make my initiation more reliable. Uh, but like a lot of those initiating heroes, they kind of like just kind of like they're what the few rare times where instead of looking forward, a hero kind of looks back and it's like, okay, I'm like kind of a support hero. Maybe I should go back and get some of those utility items. Whereas most heroes, most like support heroes are going, I need to get my utility items and maybe I can get that Aghanim Scepter that makes me do a lot of damage. You know, it's <laughs> uh, initiators are the opposite. So I think like, you know, Earthshaker, Centaur, um, Axe, like overwhelming blink sounds pretty good because you don't necessarily have the, the most impactful upgrades after your blink. You get some stat upgrades, but like other than that. So I think increasing the impact of your initiation and basing it off of strength, which for heroes like Centaur, obviously that's incredibly good. Uh, that is the most viable. Uh, other than that, I've seen Arcane Blink on SF, um, which funny enough actually in some ways worked against him because you gain minus 50 percent cast point so it means that his ultimate went faster so it was, there was an entirely different timing he had to work with he'd like you will somebody and then i watch him and i'm like isn't he gonna blink do his combo like what, what's happening and then i see him blink like way late and i'm like isn't he too late and all of a sudden the answer goes oh. <laughs> it just looks like a really fast fucking jig um but like i i've seen that one for sf um and that seems like why okay educate me as as the dumb person here uh why is that why is arcane blink not like a super cool thing for your person who has a long cooldown ult who wants blink initiation like an enigma or a tide hunter uh for an enigma totally um for tide hunter possibly um because i think about it as like the cdr is the most important part there yes i i do think that the cdr is the most important point the problem is i think most of those like many heroes with those really long cooldowns don't take advantage of the um the intelligence that goes into it like it's the these upgraded blink daggers are very expensive items they're super expensive it's a blink yeah. dagger plus your 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 eagle song reaver mystic whatever and and then a recipe it's a lot of money yeah it is a lot of money so if you're an enigma bkb you're gonna get blink and then you're gonna get bkb and which is better an upgraded blink 25 percent of the cdr or a refresher where you can double black hole double bkb in a fight double midnight pulse you know it's just like okay a refresher is just straight up 90% of the times better. So you're probably going to go that. Maybe after the refresher, you can go an upgraded blink. Or you go, man, a hex is cool. Yeah, or, you know, there's so many items like that. Like, oh, they have a PKB piercing stun. If I get a Lincoln's, deals with that. You know, it, it's it's that problem, you know? Where the, the core of your path, your item path, is already set out in front of you. And these shiny items are cool, but, like, many of the times it's... If you're actually trying to win, it's not good to stray away from the, the path that I, is set. I also can't imagine the CDR being impactful for 
literally anyone who isn't in like a tier one or tier two team. You know, I think right. even if you're talking about like, you know, 7K MMR games, like, are you really working at the synchronization where saving 20 seconds in your black hole is going to be game changing versus having a other item? Almost certainly not, right? Yeah. It's like um, getting off, you know, having Ravage up that much sooner is cool, but like, or you could have 25 strength, which is your primary attribute. You could do more damage than AOE which then also affects your anchor smash. So there's like a lot of synergy that goes into that. So I, I think we're like, weirdly enough, they're very specific heroes that Arcane Blink and Swift Blink, the agility intelligent versions of the upgraded versions are, are, are good with. I think like Juggernaut, Swift Blink, super good late game upgrade. But again, all of these situations, they're all like, these upgraded Blink Daggers, they're all like, I am six slotted, and I'm keeping my Blink Dagger, and this upgrade is worth it over getting a Moon Shard or an Aghanim's recipe thing, you know? Yeah. It's like, With the exception of maybe Centaur, Axe, and Slardar. Yeah, with the exception of the Strength Initiators, where I think Overwhelming Blink is viable, where you get, like, Blink Dagger, Crimson Guard, Pipe, or whatever, whatever team fight item, I and can't... then maybe you can consider Overwhelming Blink after you get a heart. I can't think of a single agility hero who isn't Juggernaut, who can benefit from a Blink Omni Slash attack, increased attack speed, uh, who would buy a Swift Blink Dagger sooner than they were like seven slotted. Yeah, like who? There, would... there are a lot of heroes. There, there are a lot of ranged agility heroes where Blink Dagger is kind of cool. Drow, Sniper, but upgrade like putting money into that blink dagger for mediocre stat return is like not that not that enviable so my my the coolest thing i thought about these blink daggers is that they're gonna make dank trophies like how we had that is how, true how we had like they the, are the, very cool looking the, yeah. the 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 reaver eagle song trophies for for the majors when they were themed yeah. like that like in a world where we need dpc trophies these blink daggers pretty pretty banging yeah no, I think so too. Orb of Corrosion is probably the um, the filthiest of the new items. Why? Um, it feels really good because if I am some four position, maybe an offlaner like Pango, or I'm a one position like Juggernaut, Life Stealer, um, one of those carries that will actively hit the enemy offlaner. Mm -hmm. Um. Starting off with an Orb of Venom feels pretty good. And then a Blightstone is good, but it takes up too many slots. Fluffy Hat is incredibly stat efficient. So if I can combine, if I can keep my Orb of Venom, upgrade it with a Blightstone, and then on top of that have a really cheap HP item, it feels super good. Uh, as a result, way too many people are buying this item. They're buying it on, like, heroes that should not be having the item. Uh, but I think most people agree that this item feels really nice. So I, th I think that one's the most OP. Mage Slayer is the most interesting that I've seen the highest tier pros play around with. Um, because a minus 35% spell amp debuff is, like, an incredible way for 
say a phantom lancer or tb to deal with like a less track hero or a zeus hero so, something that is like death maybe like death a zeus like a, in, in my games would be like pit the zeus with this i'm sick of yeah this bullshit. i think i honestly think the biggest one is less because less ranks that combination of like tanky and a huge amount of magic damage so you can't actually hit him so zeus the biggest problem is like zeus will fall over if if you're probably hitting him if you're on top of him, he's probably dead. But like Lashrak, he gets in your face because he's super tanky. He's got BKB, Bloodstone, Yule Scepter. And I can't stop this magic damage any other way but a BKB. And Illusion Heroes don't really want a BKB. But I have Mage Slayer. I can slow down his damage. And my Illusions can actually stay alive for an extra second or two. Um, I think that one is the other uh, really impactful item uh, i think that one I've, I've seen played around with the most by tier one pros did did adding holy locket charges over time make the item an item yet or is or is it still a, a big meme until 2021 it's still a big meme it's still good on the heroes that it was good for which is five position undying five position omni knight maybe oracle Not too many other heroes I can think of. Heroes, heroes have to do a lot of healing to take advantage of this Holy Locket item. So it's uh, you could you could put in the charges over time if you want, but like really, if you want that item to be super viable across multiple heroes, you just straight up need a, a, a you just need it to be more stat efficient. Which um, I, I don't think it needs to be that, by the way. Not every item needs to be equally BKB. viable for most <laughs> heroes, you know. Yeah, like ev not every item could be fucking BKB and pipe, you know. Not every item can be in 95% of Dota games uh, and be good on most. Your teams. high MMR privilege, I think, is speaking with the pipe pickup stat line <laughs> uh, it's also because i'm an offlaner as well so it's like pipe is like just kind of the the go-to it's like crimson crimson guard goes out of style so fast it's hilarious like crimson guard will be like good on one patch and it'll get nerfed and like nope nobody sees that item everyone forgets about that item until like some some visage or lichen gets picked up and people are like Wait, how were we supposed to? Oh, Crimson Guard. That's how we were supposed to deal with this. But, but the pipe is like, do they have magic damage? Yes, no. Yeah, they probably have magic damage. So you might as well build a pipe. <laughs> uh, I, I think the one thing that we didn't uh, hit on, I mean, it's probably more than one thing if we're being super fair. Visage is broken, by the way. Hasn't Visage already previously been broken, though? Or is that just, uh, you know? Mike, no, Mike this this visage with his his new Aghanim scepter is is big big broke big broke. Like play like, that one, play that right visage, now right? you can. Yeah, core core visage, play mid visage, uh, get an Aghanim scepter, and you become this terrifying version of like like it, it's how do I describe this? It's like a ranged um, cross between bounty hunter and lycan terrifying this guy is invisible runs around the map super fast he pops out with his familiars and he does extra damage during a for a short period of time he just blows what? people up oh man i'm not it's, privy to what's terrifying. going on 
Yeah, you get 30% bonus damage for you and your familiars, I think. I think it's you and your familiars. Maybe it's just you. For like four seconds. You get flying vision. It's it's uh, it's really good. But sorry, what were you, what were you saying? Uh, I, I was going to I, I was going to transition to the last thing, but you, you got me thinking about you know heroes that are a little bit silly right now. Do you know? So so my understanding, and I just confirmed this on Dota buff, so I'm not I, I I'm cheating a little bit. Uh, uh-huh. d- uh, do you know why the uh, the the lichen and the rate the lichen specifically, but also the wraith king win rates have just ballooned crazy over this last week? Um. Okay, a lot of people were playing wraith king um i the highest win rate hero right now according to dota buff this week i think that is just um i think part of that is they had the workaround um they changed mortal strike and that probably is a little bit too overtuned but i also think that um that hero may actually just be a just due to the meta i think other carries got nerfed out and wraith king is kind of left standing in a way um so i think that is part of it probably also and another then... good overwhelming blink candidate <laughs> not super early but like as as an eventually item yeah, yeah like you're gonna have a blink dagger for much of the game so maybe you can instead of selling your blink at some point in time you uh yeah you go ahead and yeah that Anywho, that, that, that's not important you were you were saying more important things um i think think lichen got some buffs um but i've also heard that his shard is kind of game breaking in like a really weird way is this shard just spawn a wolf in a lane that's more, yeah. that's more gold for the enemy um that's the way to think about it for an agonims upgrade which, which that's what it was at some point in time, for a very short period of time, that was like an Agadim's upgrade. For a shard upgrade, at, at 20 minutes to be able to have that power to permanently have one lane always be pushing in, that changes the dynamic of, of, of the game quite a bit. Probably um, especially I, for lower, like anything under 3k especially, right? No, I, right? it changes... I, no, it affects high... Because what it does is um, if you don't have to... If you think about it this way, it's like the same, like you think about what happens when you take super creeps, right? You mm-hmm. take a barracks away, you upgrade those creeps. You never have to worry about that lane again, right? You never have to worry about that lane's pushing in. It's going to hit our tier two. It's hitting our tier three. Guys, uh, somebody's botsing in onto that wave right now. He's trying to backdoor. Like you never have to worry about that. So what that means is you can play more five man and more on, on like just focus on two lanes, which is typically how professional Dota wants to be played. If you actually watch pro Dota, most of the time, people are trying to play two lanes, not three. Like I'm talking obviously outside of laning phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, when the laning phase breaks down, good teams are trying to play only two lanes. Because if you play three lanes, you are way too spread out and you are begging to get smoke ganked killed lose map control and be on the losing side of an economic fight so uh i i think that that shard actually um is 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 like it oversteps his bound potentially as like an upgrade i think uh but That's he so also wild, like even I without thought, the shard i i, 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 I looked at it out. 
sorry, I, I looked at it and I'm like, this seems pretty innocuous, right? And it just shows how dumb I am. Because I'm like, a wolf? Okay, whatever. Take some free gold enemy. But but clearly not the case if you just look at, at, at win rates by shard changes. I think you're also um, the feral. I remember looking at this one and being like, oh my god. The feral impulse um, range is now like the entirety of the map. I'm looking at it right now. Feral Impulse no longer has a radius. It affects your units anywhere. I saw that. And just think about the number of times where Lycan pops his his ultimate. He pops his wolves. He pops his, his Necronomicon. And his hero doesn't run after you, but all those units do. It's a fucking five position, four position. Even like what are those squishier two positions? Mm-hmm. The Void Spirit type heroes. Like, oh, fuck me, man. Like, get this shit off of me. Like, I can't do anything about it. You know, you pop Ghost Scepter, it gets purged off. You know, like, you're just like, fuck. He doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to put his hero in danger. Uh, Lycan got, I think that that was also a very significant buff. And on top of that, he got a lot of other little buffs. I think his talents got buffed. Um, there's something else that got buffed. How probably got buffed in some way. I have a ton of Lycan games on my account because my first two years of playing Dota when I was still playing a lot of games in the jungle play a lot played a lot of lichen and now my stats are like way lichen heavy he's like my fourth <laughs> or fifth most played hero um to, to, to flip the coin for a second you know we talk about mm-hmm. you know, lichen doing well presumably in this week are you privy to what's happened to od <laughs> at all like you know it's funny i was talking to a to a mid player who's better than i am and he was like, I really think this hero is not that. He, I think he's super close to being viable. He just needs some wave clear, which is something he doesn't have at all anymore. Because <laughs> now imprisonment is single target. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I think part of OD is just suffering from yet another change to the hero. Um, and people not remembering how to play it, but also I think he, I don't think he has any farming options. Let me, let, hey. let me give you a stat line real quick to, to okay. sell this for anyone who, does, who doesn't know or isn't like looking at Dota buff like I am right now. Um, OD last week, 45% win rate. So definitely towards the bottom, but not the worst. Yeah. If you look at percent change since the patch, OD has gone down a staggering nine and a quarter percent <laughs> to bring od to a 36 percent win rate which is one of the lowest that i can remember seeing for an individual hero that's yeah. wild that is that is incredibly low i think um what it is is od is kind of a weird hero he always kind of has been. He has no way to be able to farm quickly. Um, but he's supposed to be kind of a late game carry. So in order to offset that, you have to give him unique mechanics. Um, and also like almost overtune his numbers. Because he's just going to always have less items than other heroes. So I think that makes him a very weird hero to balance. 
And I almost kind of like what Ice Frog... It looks like he's trying to make his arcane orb more of like a nuke. Where he's like, okay, you can't do this super often, but when you do it, it's going to do a lot. Um, it, But you, there's no way you're going to be able to balance that hero. Um, anytime you change OD... Like, if you, they gave it the opposite way, right? You give OD some really good wave clearing ability. You give him a new ability that allows him to be able to, like, push down, you know, like, clear a wave and then go hit jungle creeps or something. He's going to be broken as shit. Because the buildup to that has him being overtuned. He's got this pure damage. He's got some sort of scaling intelligence damage. Like, he's got some very unique shit to him that is kind of overtuned specifically because of the fact that he just doesn't hit creeps well. You know, so uh, I think that hero is just really hard to to balance anytime you make a big change to him. Better to be underpowered than overpowered, I'd say. Like that fucking fluffy piece of shit. That squirrel hero. So is, is that a, is that an overall negative opinion for the winked? Uh, no, actually, I have a very positive. Uh, I, I think that hero is super fun and I don't think it's that broken. Uh, but the numbers were definitely overtuned. Um, but that is because it is a glass cannon hero. That hero falls over if you were able to get vision of it and you were able to jump on it. It fucking falls over. But it is glass cannon to the core. It does high amounts of damage. Um, so I think the the numbers were just a bit overtuned. But nothing like Monkey King was broken when it first released. So I, I think they did a pretty good job with Hoodwink. Because I got to play it. I played it as a uh, support. Very fun hero. Um, AOE Vacuum. A little bit broken. That's why I picked it. Because I was like, okay, this is... AOE Vacuum is broken. That does damage, um, right? Shit, you got me on that. <laughs> I actually I, don't I, know. I, if I it think the sneer does damage. If not, I have to add it. That's embarrassing. I'm sure. I'm sure it has to do some damage. I don't think it does very much. Oh, it does 360 damage. Okay, that. I mean, well, there you go. 2.2 second uh, stun, 360 damage, and all. Honestly, all I noticed when I was playing it was that I was getting fucking three man, two two second stun vacuums all the time. It felt great. I was like, oh man, this is super easy because there's nowhere on the map you can avoid trees. Even if you can avoid trees in like the river, he can literally throw a tree at you in range. He could just use his acorn shot to plant a tree and then bushwhack off of it. So uh, it's a pretty cool. Oh, idea. that's gonna be fun. I mean, bushwhacking off. Yeah, there's some fun puns to be used with that one in cast. I'll be sure to remember that. But uh, yeah, I know. I think the design of the hero that does a great job with um, with making heroes fun to play. I think almost every single one of the heroes they put in have have been fun to play. So no, I have a very positive. Um, I don't have a fun positive time thoughts on Grimstroke. I'm gonna say it. I don't have a fun time playing Grimstroke. I think you know every I think every other hero that's been released in the last four years has been unanimously fun. Or like I think every unique Dota two hero that what? wasn't in Dota in Dota one has been fun. But I just do not have fun playing Grimstroke. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Stroke of Fate is just a, a much more juicier feel than Power Shot. It does I think more. It's, the sound is more. good. I think people like 
inf- are infatuated with the sound because it has such good sound design. Yeah, but... And then but then Ink Swell is like a really feel good spell too. You put that on somebody, they run in. You hear the charge up. You see this boom. Get this stun on multiple heroes. You're like, oh fuck, that felt good. You know who doesn't feel good? Fucking Coddle. Oh, I, I, I have a lot of fun playing Coddle. Like that, that, that hero. Like even when he was his piece of shit mana burning. Um, what was that mana burn spell mana that he had? God, that was so fucking obnoxious. But that was that was one of those spells that made the enemy feel bad. But you didn't feel good. You didn't feel good putting that thing on him. You didn't get that fucking visceral in your gut. Deep in there, caveman. Me hit. Me hurt. Me feel good. You didn't get that. You went, I'm annoying you. And then the other player was feeling bad about himself. He was like, fucking, what's wrong with this fucking coddle hero? That piece of shit. I can't move anywhere because of my fucking mana. And if I do move, I'm going to get fucking stunned. And I'm going to have no mana. And then he pushes me around and burns my mana anyway. Fuck that guy. But like, coddle wasn't feeling good. Stay still now. (laughs) I'm gonna push you around a little bit. I actually the stroke of fate. Boom. Look at that damage. Yeah, feel how many creeps you just killed, and you killed a hero because it did a bunch of damage. Look at the Inkswell stun. Double, double spells are being casted when you used your ultimate. Oh my god, my Lita just used a double Laguna Blade. Fucking pog. How do you not feel good about I love playing Grimshock. It's one of my favorite support heroes. It's just not meta right now. Hmm. Maybe I just struggle more to play fives. And I'm and Could I'm be. and I'm showing some bias here. That's probably it. Could be. That's probably yeah, it. Probably. That being said, I also uh, I don't have fun playing um, Void Spirit because I can't play Void Spirit well. Mm. Void Spirit, very fun hero. I think I actually think it's the most fun of all the spirits. Me personally, I'm not an earth spirit player, so you know, maybe. But like, I, I think Void Spirit has the coolest mobility. Storm Spirits is like he has one mobility spell, but it's like super OP, so he gets to just play with that the entire time. But I think Void Spirits is, you know, he has this dancing in and out movement to him that's super fun. Ember Spirit's my least favorite spirit to play. Mm. Earth Spirit's fun. Earth Spirit's fun. Even though if you're not good, it's fun. Man. Um, shit. People are... There's going to be people rejoicing that we managed to find literally an hour and change to talk about what is, I'm going to argue, the most substantial Dota change in 2020. Great. We got yeah. it before the year's over. Congratulations, team. It happened. Mission yeah. accomplished. We got him. We got him. We got him, ladies and gentlemen. We, uh... We'll see how the numbers go. I'm interested to see how Dota number player numbers go, but uh, um, you know, uh, patch is okay. I'm satisfied, um, but I'm not like super happy. Would have been nice to have something like this three Dude, months ago. A Victor Oshan, nice sooner, something like that. But I I will uh, my my goal before the next show is to play more than one game so i can have some kind of a, a conversation about more of these changes with with some first-hand experience yeah 
Um, I will. I won't. I won't go out on a rant about it, but I will just say. I said I wasn't going to judge until we had a patch. I did it anyway, and I had my rants and stuff. Nobody should take me enjoying this patch, and and I feel like Ice Run did a good job. Nobody should take this as me being overall happy with the year. Because I think people are infatuated with the shards and stuff, but I will point out we should have gotten two new heroes. I know we're supposed to get another one, but like... (laughs) We got two new heroes last time. People are expecting two new heroes. So remember, you were expecting two new heroes. Don't don't be overly infatuated in the new patch and forget we're missing a hero. We don't have an Overwatch system. Still no new player experience, which I've totally written off, by the way. I have no expectations of that. But I'm just like putting that on top of the pile of things that were like kind of expected I saw to beta screenshots. Did you see those screenshots that are floating around of the Overwatch system? No. No, I didn't. I think that there might have been, like, in a build that got pushed or something. I, I'm not too knowledgeable about it, but I definitely saw people who were, like, sharing pictures of what the Overwatch system looks like in, in like, a beta form. So that leads me to believe that that is something that is real and soon. And there's part yeah. of me that is very excited to be the person who is watching Overwatch games just for fun because because there's some cruel sense of justice. Like being, you like being judge and executioner? Yeah, I want to be like, this person is a piece of shit. Um, kind of, yeah. I b- basically what what I thought was interesting is that you were supposed to mark the behavior that someone was doing, like their their griefing or or whatnot, and you were supposed to like give a time frame of when it happened. Like it happened immediately, or it happened like in the last five minutes, or it happened like more than ten minutes ago. So I'm interested in how they're like. It looks like the way the system works is that it kind of feeds off that data to collect. Like, it's relying on... It looks like it's relying on human input to tell the robots where to look before giving it back to human input. wonder if it's not viable to have a button to hit to, to ping a, a time of game-ruining behavior or something. Maybe that's, like, the ultimate thing where, like, if you, where like you can almost, like, flag uh, a, a certain point in time. In, in your replay yeah. and then you can like report later because it looks a little cumbersome to, to actually like go into the menu click an overwatch button click the hero then click what their behavior was then click when it happened like like it looks like it's a lot of steps right now hmm. yeah i think um i think the problem with having something in game is kind of similar to the surrender button is that it does there's probably some psychology there people just like once you have committed to hitting that button, you are kind of saying like, this is not salvageable anymore. You're committing to that person being a piece of shit. Like you're, you're, you're like, if I'm clicking that button of like game ruining behavior, Oh, it happened at this time. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to flag this time in the game. You know, I, I am in my head committed to the fact that I'm reporting this guy at the end of the game, no matter how the rest of the game goes, I'm reporting him. And if I'm reporting him, I probably feel like the game's over and like stuff like that. So uh, you check yeah, out. There's probably there's yeah there's probably some like weird psychology they have to work around for a report system as well. I'm hoping that there's a system that punishes false reports automatically. Yeah. So that if if you're someone who is just 
clogging up the Overwatch system with icky reports. I actually don't know if Counter Strike does this. Like, it allows you to not do Overwatch reports anymore. No idea. I've that, never played CS:GO. That would be, that would be my hope. That'd be my hope. Um, Cap, my friend, you have to play Half Life, Alex. Um, and on <laughs> no, that note, I need to. You know what? This is going to become like the Cinder and Suns fan segment. They do this thing where it's like Suns fan asks Cinder if he's ever seen In Bruges, and Cinder says, "No, no, I haven't." And that's the end of the podcast. Have you ever seen Contact? <laughs> no. Damn it. Okay. I thought that Contact was like a very popular movie. I thought it was. It's like a, it's like a uh, I'm sure it Foster was. Movie. I'm sure it was. It just. I tried to make a, a joke of, about I... it, and it went over all of my coworkers' heads, and I felt like an idiot today. Oof. Yeah. Did you Did you feel like an idiot or a boomer? Like, did you feel like you made a, a, a little a bit of both reference that was over people's heads because you're older than them? The or? people I I felt like I was in a safe space making the joke because I'm pretty sure I was the youngest person in the room at that time. So I feel mm-hmm. it, it's hard to make boomer. It's hard to feel like a boomer when you really are the youngest person. I was seven when that movie released and you're younger than I am. So. Yeah. Slightly surprised that you identify so much with that cultural reference it i guess it was memorable i think i watched in a science class once um is, is that a pg pg-13 movie what are we talking here yeah, maybe it was a racing movie for a science class um you yet to play alex i'm eventually gonna come take my vibe back maybe yes. uh, uh, that's gonna happen my index yes. um i think uh Everyone should have a happy holiday season because that's the generic thing that you have to tell people around this point in time. You don't know if I really mean that. I'm just, I'm just saying it because like you got to, right? Like, I mean, happy holidays, Merry, Merry Christmas, I guess. Right. But seriously, uh, I hope that everyone has like a world. Yeah. uh, Kumbaya motherfuckers. I hope everybody has a, a, a relatively safe and healthy holiday season and is happy playing the patch and hopefully doing vaccines are going out we're almost through don't well, didn't go you hear running there, there, around there's on people and shit there's All covid right? 20 now in uh in in london so everything's fine did hear about that yes but apparently the vaccine still covers that so <laughs> um yeah, what what caps it? I hope everyone is is as safe as possible. I think uh, I have I haven't run this by cap yet. I think this is our last episode by the year because next week I gotta go do a thing, and by do a thing I mean uh, not be near a computer. So I think there might be a break Fine. next week. Fine. We get we get one a year. We're taking it. This is this is our paid time off, and by paid I mean paid by your social currency of following the I podcast. Mean. On on podcast platform I or on YouTube, you were passionate and cared about the podcast, but uh, you know, I guess guess you're wrong. Guess this is just uh, another job for you, huh, Joey? <laughs> Everyone, mental breaks are important and healthy, and you know. Oh, so it's not going to be? Is it a break? Huh? It's it's, it's you're saying Jesus it's a Christ. chore? Um, is that it? I, I'm sorry, Joey. I, I thought I was having fun. With Content my friend, doesn't grow on trees, fun. right? And you can't every week have a patch 
or get a voice acting job or need to try and find coffee or try and date someone who's very clearly married and you don't know it yet. Like, you know, sometimes you just need a little bit of, of, of time because content doesn't grow on trees. So, um, Joy, though, I, 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 I didn't tell Cap until 30 seconds ago. I was busy next week. Um, <clears throat> I hope everyone has... I, I'm Congratulations, everybody, for making it through 2020. We did it. You did it. Um, stay yeah, safe. Don't, don't die in the next nine days. <laughs> <That'll> <laughs> Otherwise, our, congra- our congratulations doesn't work very well. You know, if you run the the numbers, uh, this is really a morbid thought. If you run the numbers of people who listen to the oh, podcast gosh. over the year, are you going to say statistically st- one of our members is going to die before twenty? No, 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 no. Statistically speaking, someone probably has died who listens to the show. like statistically probably but also we we like our viewer base trends younger mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna hope that that actually keeps us out of the uh, uh out of the running they're also nerds so it's not like you know they're they're going out drinking and partying and doing drugs and, and doing any of those kind of risky behaviors good on you listeners you you, you know you're young and you're having fun playing computer games and you're living life to the fullest, I salute you. Stay alive. Have a wonderful... Ah, 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 ah. Stay alive. We're going to DMCA. Stay That's alive. DMCA. Ah. Uh, you simps. Oh, no. Fuck, dude, now we're going to get banned. Oh, um, no. God, I'm so bad at finishing, which is something that I have been told oh, before. No. Oh, God damn no. it. I really no. can't. Okay, everybody... Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Thanks for hanging out with us. Truly. We will see you soon. Uh, Enjoy the patch.